Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the cool, calming vibes of the Chill Sesh number four. Chill Haven ASMR podcast. Ooh, no thank you. Put yeah. us in your, you're going <laughs> tap, to sleep. Tap, tap, Close tap, your little tap, eyes. Tap, tap, tap. Unsubscribe. It's just me, like, in a quiet voice, but still just saying body horror stuff to people. <laughs> and then you feel your arms. legs growing inextricably longer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to have, when I was a, a kid, I had um, books on tape of Owl at Home. Uh, and there's one Owl at Home where Owl gets freaked out because he sees the outline of his own knee under the blankets at night. And he thinks there's something under the blankets coming for him. Spooky. You think and that, that literally scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> I feel scary. like that's what happens to our cat Pickles every yep. night. Aww. Every single night. Must defeat foot. Must defeat the things under the blanket. <laughs> Even if there's nothing under the blanket. Sometimes no. he just sticks his paws under there and starts batting around <laughs> for something. <laughs> Knows there's something under there. He's letting it, the things that are under there know. Yeah, <laughs> he's still in charge. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hey, everybody. Ah. We just wrapped. I mean, we didn't. We wrapped like. A week ago now, the Phantasmagoria arc run by yours truly. Mm, The singular, the Mm -hmm. legendary. Mm -hmm. Who are you? Oh, hey, it's me, James Kettler. I was the GM for the Phantasmagoria arc and also the voices of so many of the beloved non-player characters. To my left. uh Uh-huh. Yep. To my left. Is, hi, me, May. I play... I was about to say Angela Atticus Jr. Well, I do play her, and I also play Rusty Rattlesnake. Yeet! Yeet! Everyone's most favorite cowboy man. (laughs) He is a sweet, sweet boy. The sweetest sweetest cowboy ever done lived. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And to my left... Oh, uh, it's me, Philip Stressman, also known as Phantasmagoric Florence Beauregard, your... Uh, medium to the stars from the past. <laughs> Presently and. in hell. Uh-huh. <laughs> I also uh, I also co-produced the show with uh, our beautiful keeper James Kettler. And to your and left. to my left, <laughs> everybody's left. Really, is me, Bess. I was the voice of your <laughs> Gilly O'Hare, <laughs> the most beloved actress to ever done lived, yep. the nicest person anyone has ever met in their whole mm-hmm. lives. Yep. Selfless. Selfless. Friend to the animals. Caring, <laughs> artistic, <laughs> humble. <laughs> and here we all are. Here, here we, we all are. are. Um, James, how'd it go? I f- y'all tell me. I was the, I was the man behind the curtain this time. You so. Were. I was very busy pulling a whole bunch of levers and twisting a bunch of knobs the whole game. Y'all tell me how it went. I thought we were going to horribly die. Me too. I really did not think I would make it out, to be honest. (laughs) And I didn't either, and I don't know how it happened. And No, I do. It Phil rolled good. Really good. good Unbelievably good rolls. So good, especially in the finale. It was almost frustrating how smoothly it went. It was. (laughs) I mean, I'm really happy with how it came together. Uh, But yeah, it was scary because like bad rolls make conflict. And w- during that seance, I, did, I literally was rolling 14s like yeah. the entire yeah. time. 11, 13, 14, 11. Yeah. yeah. Realized how um, the glue the glue was probably the only thing we were like, oh, yeah, that could have been probably done better. Probably didn't but, think uh, that one out too hard. But huh? it was fine. Everybody <laughs> who needed to be fine was fine. Listen, yeah, exactly. And um, Blossom lived. So, she I mean, did. she got bitten into and she lived. <laughs> so, like. It happens to everybody at some point in yeah. their lives. Uh-huh. 
I mean, I think that we saved everyone we needed to save. And uh, and some people we didn't, arguably. Yeah. 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 But I like how it ended. I like how Cliff and Inga got to go... (laughs) Live on a ranch together? <laughs> like fucking science experiments? Yeah, I didn't see it ending as peacefully as I it did know. either. I had, a, I had a lot of different ideas for how it was going to end. That wasn't one of them. But you, so you, uh, you said that you were going to show us your mystery countdown when we did this. Oh, I did. I didn't. Oh, frick, I didn't pull it off my old hard drive. I totally forgot to do that. But I remember, I remember what was on it. How closely did we uh, did we hew to it? Um, I would say pretty closely up until I think the big divergence point was uh, Mary Beth showing up with a gun and Flo deciding to just be f- like friendly with her and disarm the situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> because the part on the mystery countdown that that was supposed to be was that uh, so the mystery countdown was. Um, Cliff dies like day one yeah. and is resurrected as a ghoul. Day two is uh, like Jesus Christ. Yeah, <laughs> exactly uh-huh. like him. Day two is like Cliff starts exhibiting strange behavior. I think day three was Maddie's death. Mm-hmm. Um, Cliff kills a like mem- like Cliff unseen kills a member of the crew, and then the Mary Beth thing. The event that was supposed to happen was Cliff kills someone in front of everybody. <gasps> So the original way I thought that scene was going to play out was Mary Beth was going to show up with a gun. Cliff was going to kill her under the guise of, like, stopping this mad woman with a gun uh-huh. and then take her back to his trailer and eat her. Um, but that that didn't happen. And so that was probably the big divergence point. And then Inga showing up was always going to be the next step. But having Cliff not murder someone in front of everybody, I feel like just, like, Halt because you chose to not answer with violence, it kind of like halted his <laughs> violence as well. What a calm, sweet, what a calm, sweet, magical being! Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah, Flo didn't want to get shot. No, who does? I mean, like, I yeah. just, what, what would she have? I get what would she have done? Like, I, I don't know. You'll I mean, fight. it doesn't take much for Gilly and Rusty to pop off and yeah. throw yeah. something, so I guess that could have happened. Either yeah, way. I was just waiting for her to like get injured, and then Cliff was gonna jump in and like. Murder her and then yeah, eat her up. But if anyone was gonna hurt Mary Beth, well, you did. It would have been you, Phil. Yeah. But I was indirectly. Rusty yeah. was friends with Mary Beth. I was indifferent. Yeah, you were indifferent. But like, I wouldn't have let. I wouldn't have hurt Mary Beth. But yeah, it th- I thought it was really fun to play a different character too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that was the other big divergence point. Is I had always assumed that this story was going to end with Cliff and Inga tearing Rudolph Meyer's brothers apart. Yeah. I did not expect them to. I thought that they were all just I in on to it fight together. Him so bad, I know. I still do. Yeah, that was. It was originally almost like it was like a double twist, right? Like Rudolph Myers Brothers, you find out he's behind it, but then you learn like, oh, he's not actually in control anymore because he summoned two powerful ghouls. Yeah, <laughs> and you're fucking with the wrong cowboys. Yeah. Yeet. Yeet. Yeah. So that was how I thought it was going to end was Cliff and Inga were going to learn the truth like they did in the seance. And then they were both in, in their rage going to just tear him to pieces. But Flo beat him to the punch and yep. just burnt him to a crisp. Yep. Once Go. again, saving them from doing a violent act so they <laughs> were a bit more redeemable. What a peacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good person. Yeah. That, that Florence. Not deserving of any of the misfortune that no. she endured. No, you know, I compared that. Cliff to, to Jesus uh with regard to his resurrection, but f- in many ways, Flo actually was the more Christ-like figure. Oh, of course, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. truly not sacrificing a- for us all. Yeah, not enough people talk about it. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, James, do we have any questions pertinent to what we're discussing? 
We've got a question from Maj. I'm guessing on that pronunciation. I apologize if it is Maj, uh, who says, uh, will the gang try to save Florence? Or are they going to settle that she wasn't the best person and probably had it coming? <laughs> oh, God. I don't, I don't, I guess I don't understand the question. The premise of the question is strange to me. Like, with it, she was a bad person? I don't think. <laughs> oh, you don't understand. Jesus Christ, a bad person. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't really, I'm just, I'm, I'm searching my brain. I can't think of where that impression would Anything come from. she's done wrong. Yeah, nothing. Or, she's never yeah, done anything no. wrong in her life. Well, I feel like the Chillhaven gang. D- Still, probably does not know the extent of like the life she's fully lived. Yeah, like, they didn't see, they didn't listen to Phantasmagoria. No, they have not listened to it yet. They're a little behind. Um, I will say that they are the nosiest gang to ever done lived, and there's no way that like we won't be nosing around, like going through stuff. Um, and we miss her, so there's no way we're just gonna let it, you know. Yeah, simmer. I, I don't think there's any way Zeke would not. Yeah. Try to make some kind of effort to get her back. I don't think Zeke even like would process the whole bad person thing really. I think it would just be like, No, I know her mm-hmm. and like she's in trouble. I gotta go help. Right. You know, I mean like Penny murdered a person in front of Zeke and Zeke's <laughs> we don't first have instinct. To keep bringing it up. Zeke's it first fun. instinct still was to be like, Well, this girl seems like she needs a hand. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I did need a hand. So, yeah, I feel like we'll keep snooping. I don't know the chance of her coming back at all, but there's no way her name will be forgotten. No. <laughs> <laughs> like Greg Fuddrucker. Yeah. Flo, will put your name on a building. They're Champ. Lo- we'll change. Held together. Florence yeah. Beauregard Memorial, uh, <laughs> whatever the occult Icy shop. Icy Stan. Just yeah. Oh. Icy <laughs> Stan. Uh, but, you know, you know, you know what? Anything can happen. Wow, you sound so. Angela's not broken up about Angela's this at all. Pretty Angela's <laughs> mad. I am answering. Angela's the one who sent her to hell, so that makes sense. It was an accident, kind it of. It was an accident. Yeah, I got. Uh, you also like if you send someone to hell. For, you, just as advice for anyone out there listening. Do you want them to come back? Because then they'll probably try to send you to hell. There's a little show called Supernatural. It's been 15 <laughs> seasons trying to answer that question. Well, well, you watched it all. What was the answer? Uh, um, uh, uh, Sam, we're family. <laughs> so, <laughs> what does that mean then? It means you all you get like what I said. You got always got to you got to go to hell. Help get, people get get out, out of hell. hell. Get so hell to visit people. hell. Always got to help people get out of hell. That Sabrina did that too. She helped her boyfriend get out of hell too. That's true. So, I mm-hmm. guess everyone deserves a. How many chances are we at? <laughs> We don't However know. We many. haven't seen her whole life story. Yet. I know. There's a hundred years that we haven't seen in the middle there, where probably she was just like like a making like food for Mo or, yeah. with the helicopter flying around, handing food out to orphans <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yep, yep, yep. That's that's the flow that we know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just I feel like um, I'm just gonna say the possibilities are endless. Hmm. Okay. I mean, for me, like, uh, like I mean, Monster of the Week. It, and you know, any kind of story-driven TTRPG is is driven by player choice. So mm-hmm. it's it's very much up to y'all, unless I have a good idea that has to do with it. But I think that I think that door is gonna. I think that door is for sure open. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like after she, we got tricked and she got dragged to hell too. Like Angela probably doesn't want Flo in hell, thinking that she like did that on purpose. What's yeah? So it's important, to Angela, that no one think it. It, it's her it, fault. Yeah. 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 So 
<laughs> so it wasn't for my, extremely selfish re- reasons. It wasn't my you, fault. <laughs> it was a little bit my fault, but it was who all made the of deal Emma's with, fault. We're teenagers. Who made, who made yeah. the deal with Emma? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a teenager, and Emma is a demon that is 500 years old. That's true. Yes. You don't blame you don't blame the person who was lied to. You exactly. Blame the liar. Exactly. Yeah. You so, take anything from this chill sesh. Yes, yeah. it's that it was Emma's fault and not Angela's. It's like the Columbia Record Club, you know, where they send you the thing, and they're like. We'll send you 12 free CDs, but you have to commit to buying one a month for seven years. And how before you're 18, you can't actually legally enter into a contract, so you can just sign up for those things and mm-hmm. then never pay them. Yeah, that they don't do that anymore. Um, Angela entered into a contract with some kind of demon, um, but she's just 16 years old. I'm just yeah. 16. Did you it even did, get your CDs? Count. No, I didn't get my CDs. There's no parental guardian there. Yeah. It didn't count. Jiva Jonah wasn't Jeeva around Jonah to didn't sign co-sign in. that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no credit card was entered. <laughs> I don't even remember my human parents, or they weren't even human. They weren't. They, weren't. they haven't been for most of your life. Yeah, plant, I don't even remember their puppets. names now. It's just a faint memory. Um, This is, uh, so our next question is from Bappy. Bappy. Hi, Bappy. Longtime friend of the pod, Bappy, uh, who asks kind of a foundational question. What made y'all decide, they didn't say y'all, what made you all decide to do this flashback arc? Uh, we love Flo. Yeah, we can, I mean, it's a dumb answer, but it's like we wanted to. Uh-huh. We, it, we talked about it pretty early on, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we always planning wanted, it for a little while. Yeah, we always wanted to abstract. do a flashback. Um, and then this just felt right with Flo going to hell. Felt like the right time to do it. Yeah. yeah. It was something that, you know, for a while we'd said that we'd do a Flo flashback arc with James GMing and me playing Flo. Um, I think we probably expected it to be later mm-hmm. uh, in the life of the series. But, like, yeah, like you said, this was just such the perfect moment to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like having a character that's as old as Flo and has as much implied, like, life experience as Flo, it just, for me, I'm just, like, constantly curious about what sh- what could she could have been up to and what was, mm-hmm. like, foundational for her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's interesting. And I just really wanted to run a game. Yep. Um, yeah, I've never uh, GM'd any kind of game to its conclusion, so... Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You've so, been you've been GM edging for years. Yeah, oh, terrible. Yeah, not my thing either. Um, <laughs> Good to know. If for all of you out there who were curious, yeah, we weren't sitting at this table. Um, but I hope just you in were. the context of GM, not in any other context. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Next. <laughs> oh, um, uh, follow up to that question. Which I feel is appropriate. This is from uh, Dahlia Rojas at Dahlia Reds on Twitter, uh, who asks for Philip, how is the experience of backtracking the life and development of Florence to create a younger version of her? Uh, it was interesting. Um, I, uh, part of the way that the, the young characterization of Flo came about was me playing Flo as an NPC. And wanting to figure out for myself, like, what her deal was and, like, what she was up to. Um, and I try to do that for for most of the NPCs, especially the ones that players interact with a lot. I just try and give them an inner life and, and a kind of foundation of, like, um, their own motivations 
like what they would be doing when the gang's not around. And Flo, to me, being a, again, unnaturally old, (laughs) a spiritual medium who historically everyone who's been a spiritual medium has been a con artist. So being unnaturally old, incredibly powerful magician, con artist, the only answer I could think of of like, what is this person up to when no one else is around is like shady stuff (laughs) and clearly putting effort into like not dying. Um, So once I got those wheels turning, uh, I started to figure out who she was and that kind of informed the younger version. Um, She reminds me of like, not... Not like really, but like a little bit of Catherine, because I always see Catherine from, from Vampire, Vampire Diaries, Diaries yeah. always looking uh-huh. out for herself, always mm-hmm. surviving no, I don't, somehow. I do not want to die. Yeah, yeah. she doesn't uh-huh. want to die. She is always in constant survival mode. Like Vampire, I don't know. fine, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it just reminds me of that. That as long as I'm here and I'm Catherine and I'm kicking. Yeah, <laughs> and I got my leather jacket. Yeah, and my and curly, my curly my hair. hair. Yeah, it's curly, yep. not straight. Curly. Um. Yeah, I don't think she's that bad, though. She's not mean. She's not like, inherently awful. Yeah, Catherine is awful. It's a little blurry. Yeah, yeah. Ca- Catherine is awful. deliberately cruel for her own amusement. Yes. And I don't think Flo necessarily like takes pleasure in... Well... I think Flo Mary, takes Mary pleasure... Beth. Yeah. But, like, Catherine specifically takes pleasure in, like, tormenting innocent people. Yeah. yeah. Like, Flo, like, sh- she'll have fun with it if she thinks you have it coming. Yeah. Which, you might be innocent and she might think you have it coming, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> well, because it's, it's she's operating according to her own rules and yeah. it's kind of the definition of, like, chaotic neutral. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Chaotic evil, like, depending on how you want to look at it, but um, I, had to, I had to find those lines, though, playing the character because I had never played a character before. I'd only ever GM'd games. And I can I have a tendency to be a bit moralistic as a GM, and so it was hard for me to play a character who was unscrupulous and like kind of amoral. And there's a scene that unfortunately got cut because it was a moment inside of a pointless scene, which was inside of another bigger pointlesser scene, which was the when the Rusty stunt situation. <laughs> we had this whole Dang. sequence of like Rusty doing a stunt. And then during that, Flo, like, took his hat for some reason and was, like, running around. Oh, dang, that got cut. Yeah, because it didn't go anywhere. (laughs) It was stupid. (laughs) I bet you did cool moves, though. I did. But there's a moment in that where, like, Flo framed Maddie for stealing the hat. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I just felt instantly horrible. So instantly I felt physically horrible, like me, Philip. And that, that was... Unfortunately, in the, in the moment they got cut, that was me kind of, I think, finding the line for Flo. We're like, okay, she's she can't punch down, right? Yeah. She's she's going to punch across, <laughs> yeah. sometimes across, across or, up. And yeah. up, or what she perceives to be as up, which may be just like from his her perspective. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Maddie, poor Maddie. But I also, yeah, I think that having that bond with Maddie, even though it kind of just started after Maddie died. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which is something that our show has historically done a lot, though. Like, being a ghost doesn't necessarily... It's not the end for a person in our show. It's just a sort of a transition. Mm -hmm. Uh, Death is an open door. (laughs) For all you kids out there. For all you Frozen fans out there. Yeah, it was very, very fun. It was fun to play Flo. Uh, Young Flo. Get to know her. Do y'all want to... Before we move on to another question, do y'all want to talk about... Since I talked about sort of how the young Flo was conceived of, do y'all want to talk about how you conceived of... Gilly and Rusty? 
you want to go first or do you want me to go first? You can go first if you want. Well, Rusty Rattlesnake was conceived in the car go- <laughs> driving from Florida to Charleston. The, none of the hospitals were open. Mm-mm. The inns were all full. <laughs> like Jesus once again. <laughs> uh, you know, Phil and I were... Creating a superhero persona for me for this side TTRPG, which that we're we still gonna do at some point. So TM TM TM. Yeah, um, but I created Rusty Rattlesnake, and originally she was gonna be a girl superhero cowboy, but instead turned out to be a stuntman uh, cowboy <laughs> uh, in the 1927s. So. Uh, that's how Rusty was conceived, and I did not think that he was going to be a sweet boy. I was trying not to be a sweet boy, but sometimes that just happens. Because your whole backstory coming into it was like he's got this dark criminal past, yeah. and like he's been up to shady stuff, and like if you spend a luck point, like dangerous characters from his past are going to show up. And we did, and have then Harley. we tried to incorporate that into the story, and you got so angry about the implication <laughs> that Rusty had ever done anything wrong. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta position myself in a different way to have this conversation. <clears throat> so, Rusty d- didn't want his friends Flo and Gilly to know how shitty he used to once be. And yeah, it's but very you embarrassing. May angry. <laughs> because I didn't want my story being told like that. <laughs> you had already told it. You told it when you picked those character but, attributes. But the the other characters didn't know. Mm. It was my secret okay. to <laughs> keep <laughs> you decided all these things, and then you decided to spend a luck point, and then you were like, wait, what the fuck? But it was Barley and he died. We ate Barley. We ate Barley. We erased that history when we killed Barley. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, now Rusty's ledger is wiped clean. <laughs> yep, I'm yeah. a good boy. There's no record of it anyway. No. Barley's blood got all over Rusty's ledger, and now you can't read whose names are in it. No. So mm-hmm. it's basically like the pages are blank. <laughs> just present that to St. Peter. Yeah. I love Rusty. No, it's just got red pages. <laughs> what about Gilly O'Hare? Oh, yeah. So, when we decided to set this in the 1927s, <laughs> everyone's favorite decade, um, I... One of my favorite movie musicals is Singing in the Rain, so I wanted to kind of base a character off of Lena Lamont, who's kind of like this ins- kind of insufferable person who um, has... No filter and isn't necessarily inherently bad, but just kind of like neutral to so much that doesn't benefit her. And it was such a nice um, jump from Penny, who like second guesses everything, whereas Gilly is just like word vomit. Oh, well, who cares? (laughs) Um, But it was nice to kind of flesh that out a little bit. And her um, her like archetype, I guess, for Monster of the Week was the wronged. So I had to kind of create this backstory for her and give her like some kind of motivation that she kind of kept to herself. Um, yeah, and it was just a really fun time. I would be Gilly any day. Well, you maybe. are Gilly some days. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? So, um, May kind of said, talked about learning in story how good Rusty was, what a sweet boy was, and and I kind of learned in story like where flows goodness was, where that line was. Like, do you feel like you you sort of learned anything about Gilly in the course of this? Oh yeah, I mean her whole thing was that like. She chose to be alone, and it was just easier that way. Like, not that unique of a, of a 
well, maybe with the vampires and stuff, <laughs> they're a little unique, but um, I think her takeaway and my takeaway from being her is like you do, you count on people whether you're trying to or not. Mm. Um, and it's really fun when your friends hate the same shitty actor that you do too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's really nice to have a gang. Yeah. I, I really, I, I thought it was really cool how... You were very controlled, I feel like, in how you sort of unwrapped Gilly mm-hmm. over the course of this um, to the point where, like, when, when Gilly and Rusty have that scene at Landon's where you're, like, upstairs, mm-hmm. like, um, she's very vulnerable with Rusty there. And it feels like it feels like it totally makes sense in the scene in that moment because you got there kind of with Rusty so gradually, whereas, like, Gilly never – we never would have fucking heard Gilly say anything like that in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I I thought that was really cool how 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 very controlled and like gradual you you mm-hmm. let that progress. Yeah. yeah, I think she was forced to take care of somebody other than herself, and I don't know that she thought she would have cared to do that. Bias Rusty was a little baby. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Rusty getting bit by the vampire was the best thing that happened to this story. I mm-hmm. think that it it brought everything these relationships and these themes. I think it yeah, kind of, I had no idea how that it, would work into it. Yeah, it heightened it kind of heightened everything and and gave everything like brought it all into focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a good move. I did not want to turn into a vampire. You kind of did, though. You did for I, a little bit. you didn't. <laughs> Can I just drink a little bit of his blood? <laughs> what if I just stick my tongue in it and then I walk away and then it's enough? <laughs> James, were there any NPCs that like showed you something about themselves that you didn't expect? Hmm. Hans. <laughs> his range. <laughs> yeah. Because um. I, I told you this uh, one-on-one but I'll tell you now on Mike is I thought all of your NPCs were incredibly three dimensional. Like they all felt very grounded and real. Uh, Voices were good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even beyond that, like they felt like like real, yeah. real people. Fucking Landon, I get <laughs> mad every time I think about him. <laughs> my on my uh, mystery countdown, my description for Landon as a character was. Doesn't know anything about anything, just wants to make a movie. Yeah, that's one thousand percent. And I stuck him. to that very hard. Yeah. Uh, oh. It's not. It wasn't just does not know anything, will not know anything. Well, yeah. Refuse, yeah. Refuses yeah. to that's, know. That's always how I, I saw him. He's, yeah. he's a complete dummy. Has no know. idea what's going on. But why would he? You know, like why would he even? Why would he jump to supernatural things ever until Flo jumped out at him as a spooky ghost? Yeah, that was yeah. great. Why would that be one. his conclusion? Because there's always that character in these kinds of stories, the mm-hmm. normie who's like, no, no, come on, you guys, I know he's got bite marks on his neck and blood leaking out, but, like, vampires aren't real. It was an animal attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Phil, to answer your question, I think Mary Beth Summers and the relationship sh- that she developed with Flo is the <laughs> one that took me by the most surprise. Both because Mary Beth Summers was not a character that I created prior to the moment that she appeared on screen. I love Mary Beth. Um, and she became the most imp- one of the most important NPCs in terms of like progressing the plot and getting you all involved in the mystery. She basically took the place of uh, uh, Silas the 
prop master I who I, I had conceived of beforehand and who was him. meant to be the guy who like led you on to the fact that like they was digging up bodies. But then you just ignored him completely and Mary Beth became so important. Yeah. So I just let her fill that role. That's TTRPGs, baby. <laughs> yep. Every time yep. it's like, it's such a cliche. Like, um, you know, you enter the tavern and there's a dude in shining golden armor with a <laughs> glowing sword on his back. And uh-huh. then there's a nasty little goblin sweeping the floors and players are always going to ask, Who's that goblin? Yeah. What's your name? Yep. Yeah. How'd you I get think. this job? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you sweeping? <laughs> Do they pay you? <laughs> they don't pay you? We're all getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> Derail the whole <laughs> fucking... Just accidentally started playing D&D in the middle of this chill session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, howdy. Um, okay, next question. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, now that we've talked about uh, how much we love all these people that we played and how we played them, uh, Jenny Blaze at SilverBlaze253. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Uh, asks, will there be a chance that we will see Gilly, Rusty, and the other Phantasmagoria characters in the present timeline, whether it's as monsters, ghosts, or anything else? I'm sh- oh, I'm sure. Well, we've already seen Wally in the present. Mm-hmm. Yeah, True. so we have a Wally. Wally is a ghost in the present. Wally is a ghost in the present. Uh-huh. Wally is a ghost in the present. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wally was uh, the person that we met and well, besides Flo, I guess, mm-hmm. but... Which also, interestingly, makes Wally the only character that you and I have both played. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma. Oh, oh that's yeah, true, Emma. and Emma. Yeah, yeah. so her. two Phantasmagoria characters already in the present. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I I, I mean, Rusty, so. if Rusty had turned into a vampire, that would have been a great setup for I him know. to just show up at any given moment. Who's to say it doesn't happen, though? Yeah. Gilly's probably going to turn herself into a ghoul so she can act forever. Who's yeah. To say? <laughs> yep, so that's what we... Still on the screen. Yeah, I feel like we all have reasons why we would all want to stay alive, so... And there are, I mean, g- ghosts, again, are a firmly established mm-hmm. presence in this world, so you can I mean, talk to them at any point, even mm-hmm. if they're not still around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, I'm sure we'll see them again. Um. Ooh, here's a question from Ryan from the Game Is a Foot podcast. Hi Ryan. Hello. Hi Ryan. Ryan has a question specifically for May. Um, May, did you talk to Phil beforehand about Rusty having a major crush on Florence? Or was it a surprise? And if it was a surprise, was it a surprise for just Flo or was it a surprise for everybody? Okay. Um, I think so in our in our character histories. Yeah. Oh, that's true. So whenever you play Monster of the Week, you pick like a background with the other hunters. And so my my background with Flo was that I had a crush is that Rusty had a crush on Flo. Yeah, so that was kind of like our do connection. Do you have his character sheet? Because it probably has the exact wording of it. Uh, yeah. So our history is, Rusty's history with Flo is you're powerfully attracted to this hunter. Maybe someday you'll deserve them. Yeah. So <laughs> I think Rusty, that was just the background. And um, I, Flo is really hard to like, get her attention and so I th- I knew it was going to be a challenge mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but also like I love a good love story and like I wanted I thought that like too if Rusty would have gone after Flo as a hunter I didn't want this to happen but as a storyteller I was like Flo was going to crush Rusty to the ground like rip his heart out you know I wanted it to be like a big I don't know we got at the end it, who kn- we 
had it something. Yeah, I, I think we left it open I, and to the point that I don't actually want to say too much about yeah. how Flo feels about Rusty. I feel like I was pretty clear. I feel like I waited a whole season to know. Um, <laughs> I feel like I, I, I made it pretty clear, but uh, I think that that's a story that's open and not finished yet. I think that um, that's a story that we can maybe explore explore more later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did know that I wanted Rusty to have a crush on Flo. Yeah, that is cool, that, that Monster of the Week thing of uh, kind of having those established character histories mm-hmm. uh, built in um, when you make your characters. Gives you a, a foundation to build off of in the role play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that scene in the uh, vampire fight where Rusty did some cool stunts. <laughs> Flo got all flush. I also thought it was pretty conspicuous in the epilogue that you two showed up to Gilly's office together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was clear that we were together <laughs> was when? it not? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's me. what. Yeah, and then I even or Rusty even said like the sweetheart or said yeah, gave a little pet we, name. They so, were tooling around. But, um, and yeah, what, what we, Flo specifically said when Rusty gave Flo the brooch was uh, maybe when this is all over we could have a little fun together. And boy howdy, we're having a little fun together. Get yeah. married yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Sue Sylvester. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> well, speaking of the spider brooch, mm-hmm. freaking no one picked up mm-hmm. on the spider brooch. Easter egg thing. Kid. Yeah. Which made me sad. I mean, they may have. I want to hear it. You mean, <laughs> tweet at us if you notice the spider brooch thing. Wait, yeah. you mean that same silver spider brooch that Flo... Silver spider brooch? That same silver spider brooch? That same silver spider brooch that Flo placed in the cauldron? Yeah. In the prospect quandary big magic yeah. finale? And that very one. Yeah, and that was her big magic oh. item. So she... And we all have clearly, now. Yeah. That when, when, when asked the significance of, she said... Nothing about anyone else. She just said, it's when I was great. Yes. <laughs> Goddamn. That's awful. We, we're great, too. Checks out, though. <laughs> yeah, it checks we out for flow. Too. Time Wait. when I was at my freaking peak. But I thought that you put it in there because you just loved Gilly and Rusty so much. They didn't exist yet. <laughs> yeah. Well. Retroactively, yes, that probably had something to yeah. do with it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, how about another question? Yeah, we got one more here. Yeah. Um, just kind Please. of a just kind of a broad, fun, anything goes question for us. This one is from Naris Roja at eh, Coli on Twitter. It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. Uh, asks if, as a character, you could live in a fictional universe, what would it be, and what would you do there? Wow. Ooh. Do we want to answer with Phantasmagoria characters or? Can we do both? Yeah, we can do both. Okay, I already know Angela's. Okay. Angela would be in the Totally Spies world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because she's hella femme, likes to wear latex suits, likes, uh, like, uh, you know, and I feel like she likes to be sneaky and, um, yeah, I don't oh. know. That shit's cute too. I can and see that. And that's Angela's whole deal. I can deal. see that. I can yeah. see Angela like watching Totally Spies in her bedroom and being like, that's going to be me getting sucked down a trash can and having, <laughs> talk, having to talk to Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just my, my first instinct for Angela. Oh, God. Rusty. You got any? For Penny, let's see. Teenage angst. I feel like Penny's maybe an X-Man. Titan. Stranger oh, X-Men's things. good. Penny's I guess an X-Man. Teen Titans. Well, I was thinking like Ravens. She could fit yeah, in there true. too. Yeah. yeah, I feel like X-Men would be a good um, Penny world. Like teen angst. The whole arc about like learning to control your powers, I feel yeah, like is every X-Men accepting yourself. Character. The fight against who you are, who you want to be, whether um, 
learning to be who you are. You know what I mean? All the confusing questions. There's a lot of rogue in Penny's DNA, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. If I can touch people. You can touch <laughs> you people. Can. Tell them I love them. <laughs> Tell them I love them. <laughs> I have to think about Gilly. That's a hard one. I don't know. It's about hard the rest to, of you. to do the, the people from the 1920s because, like, are we saying like fictional worlds that were that existed then? Because I think I we could pick anything. I don't think so. But I'm like, because, like, me personally, I put Rusty in a in a. I'd make Rusty a space cowboy. Well, I thought the question was phrased like what like what the characters would want. I think it means well. It says if this is the exact wording. If as a character you could live in a fictional universe, what would it be, and what would you do there? Okay, so I'm sort of picking. I'm me. Philip is picking. Yeah, where to be as that character? Yeah, I don't even think it necessarily means like as our characters. I think it just means like if you were a character in a fictional universe, what fictional universe would it be? Oh wait, like what fictional universe would you most want to live in, and what would you want to do there? But as can you read me the question one more time? So I feel like I do yeah. not understand it. If, as a character, you could live in a fictional universe, yeah. So it means a character from the show. I don't know that it does, but we it do, it doesn't super matter to me which which way we take it. I'm picking my character in a fictional world. What my yeah, character same. would yeah. be? Uh, Where am I? You do, drop drop your PC into a fanfic of it into into another universe, uh, Space Jam Two style, like just claw machine him into another universe. Uh, Rusty would be in the oh. Armageddon uh, universe because he would be the cowboy that goes up into space to save the world for riches and for fame. Wait, like the movie Armageddon with, with Bruce Aero Willis? Smith? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's a little bit silly, but a little bit serious, and there's a lot of love and romance. Man, I'm going to make you now record a cowboy cover of Aerosmith's Don't Want to Miss a Don't Thing. Don't Oh, my god! <laughs> In character as Rusty Rattlesnake. All right. I'm down. Don't want to close my, my eyes. <laughs> I don't know where I would put Flo. I feel like she could be an agent of chaos anywhere. I kind of want to see her in, like, um, I'd put her in, like, a Frank Oz movie. Like, like a, a labyrinth, l- like a like a eighties like comedy. Teen witch. Yeah, Teen, teen Witch. Make her Zel- Zelda good. Rubenstein and Teen Witch. Um, I love her. Phil's never seen, seen Teen Witch. Gone seen by the way. Top that. Top that. Top I don't really that. give up about <laughs> trying to top that. I don't know where to put Gilly. I think that just straight up put her in Singing in the Rain. <laughs> in the one movie. <laughs> Gene She'll Kelly for the screen. Gene Kelly dancing beautifully in this incredible cinematography, and then just like in the corner of the frame, Gilly's just staking the vampire to death. I've always so I always pictured Gilly because, just because this is where my frame reference is for that time period. I've always like I always thought of her as like Helen Kane, and uh, so like Betty Boop. So I would see Gilly in like a Betty Boop. Oh yeah, that's kind of cool, but like assassin. Yeah, mm-hmm. like she, a, she would be a good Betty cartoon. Boop. Yeah, she would be she a good cartoon. Be. And see the like heart drawn lips. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Like a Betty Boop style cartoon, but she fights vampires. Yeah, like, I'll create yeah. my own universe. Well, maybe Rusty would want to be Zoro. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you just want to take that role, yeah. kick Zoro out. I think that was what would happen. I'm Rusty. Yep. The original Batman. Oh, I fucking hate Batman. <laughs> I think I would put Zeke in. In Indiana Jones film. Absolutely. I can see Zeke and Jimmy Neutron world. Same. Mm-hmm. Big Jimmy Neutron energy. Yeah. 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 Like adventure time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rick and Morty. Yeah. You're Rick just and like Morty. you're just the character that's just like whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but like you do something cool, but it's not. Well, I've said smooth. I've said before that I don't know if it, this was even in relation to this podcast or on mic anywhere, but I've said before that I really connect to characters whose deal is uh, they're like thrown into a situation where they're over their heads and they never rise to the occasion. Mm-hmm. Like Eddie Brock in Venom is one that comes to mind where like like that whole freaking movie he's going through there, he barely has it together. That's like why I like Usagi. Like Marty Sailor McFly, Moon. Fry yeah. from Futurama. Yeah, Usagi from Sailor Moon. Yeah, she steps Shaggy. up eventually, yeah. but. Yeah, guys who. Guys, I would say the dude from Big Lebowski. The dude, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, with uh, Phantasmagoria and the 1927s now uh, behind us just as much as it is behind for all the characters in our podcast, uh, Phil, what's coming in the future? Uh, Ooh, baby, would you believe more podcast? Oh, I sure would. More? (laughs) What more do we have to say? (laughs) So, yeah, we got a a brand new arc coming. from when you're hearing this, it'll be two weeks uh, on February 23rd. Uh, so some things are the same. Some things are different. What's the same? No more exciting new keeper in the form of James. We're going back. Born old OG GM. So Philip. <laughs> it's me GMing again with Zeke, Penny, and Angela once more again. Mm. Mm. We will be picking up uh, three months after the... Uh, Events of the Prospect Quandary arc. Um, what's different is for this arc, we will not be playing Monster of the Week. In fact, we've already recorded two episodes, so I should say I should say we are not playing Monster of the Week. We have switched for this arc to a new game system. Uh, the title of which is going to tell you who our who our <laughs> monster is for this arc. Because we're playing, uh, oh dang, Bigfoot stole my car with my friend's birthday present inside, uh, which is a uh, Lasers and Feelings hack written by um, Paul Matajevic. Uh So it's Lasers and Feelings mechanics uh, with a Bigfoot car chase uh, vibe. So our next arc, which I, uh, should I announce the title or should I wait until? No, don't say okay. it. Um, yeah, so this is uh, it's going to be a fun experiment. Again, same characters, uh, different mechanics, um, different kinds of roles, uh, um, same great, you know, same great nutritious flavor. Same bat time, same bat channel. <laughs> Without giving anything away, plot wise, having having done two of these now, what uh, what should our listeners expect? Bigfoot. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A silly fun time. A car getting stolen. Magic and love and <laughs> laughter. Friendship. Yep. Live, live someone, say, someone say friendship is magic. Friendship you know? is magic. Learning all the Hayes Code content that you uh, desire. <laughs> Zeke and Angela screaming at each other. Yep. Penny crushing some more goons. Probably. So yeah, uh, so in two weeks, uh, two weeks from when you hear this, we will uh, we'll have a brand new arc back with our original squad. Yep. All right. Say goodbye to Rusty, Flo, and Gailey. 
For now. For and now. And Landon Forsyth. You don't have to say bye to him. No. <laughs> Give us a Hans. Oh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. It, it means the greatest of deals to us. The greatest of deals. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for everyone who sent in questions. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you for questions. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being curious about our wonderful dingling show. Yes, thank you. Until next time. Bye. Bye bye.